Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Within the Lines, episode 5, February 15, 2019. Got another guest for you. Our goal was a guest a week, and we have fallen short on that goal, but we got our second. Not an MLB all-star, but we got minor league umpire and pretty damn good pool player Nathan Diedrich for you. Tyler, what did you think about that interview? Yeah, it was real fun, and we had a good time. We talked a bunch about baseball. He told us some good pool stories. Um, he was a junior national or world-ranked player. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, let's get into this thing. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! High fly ball into right field. She is gone! I don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! You're talking like this. Did I really? Yeah. I was right here, huh? Yeah, that's why you sounded quiet. You're not into it. You want me to get into it, Jay? I'll get fucking into it. Alrighty, let's get into it. Hold Episode on, five. I think I was talking as you said that. Oh, you sure you were gonna use that? <laughs> I'm still using <laughs> this. This ain't getting cut. <laughs> All right, so we're starting today with MLB talk, our favorite sport. Uh, the biggest MLB news: JT Real Muto traded to the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, our friend Miko's probably happy about this. Mm. Tyler, you Team literally still won't make playoffs. You literally still. You literally just Google GT. JT Real Muto. Look, I love baseball and everything. He's a Marlins player, so I couldn't give two shits if it wasn't Giancarlo Stanton a couple years ago. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I now... I know he was good. I like, I know who he is and everything. I didn't know, like, stats and stuff, but turns out he's actually pretty decent. Yeah, now that you researched him, how do you feel about the trade? I don't know who they traded for him. I didn't do that much research. Ty. <laughs> I'm just being honest. 
But he's a damn good pickup for the Phillies, for sure. They traded um, – it was their catcher, Althair or whatever, Alfaro. Okay, four-player package. Alfonso Soriano. Young backstop, uh, Jorge Alfaro, top pitching prospect, Sixto Sanchez. I think he was like 20 or 30th in the MLB pipeline. Southpaw Will Stewart is one of the other pieces in the deal, and they get international signing slot worth $250,000. I mean, it's a good trade, good price. Yeah, I think it works well for Marlins, who are trying to bomb like no one's seen before. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to be real good for the Phillies. He's only 27. Uh, the Phillies have a really young team, so he'll be good to help kind of build that. Yeah. Up. It's another trade, though, where I feel like the Dodgers could have easily matched or <laughs> done better than that price, but it wasn't oh, meant to be. Maybe I, he's not like, maybe he didn't want to be like Durant and join like a team already built. Well, he didn't have an option. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, uh, no, I don't. I mean, I kind of refuted this before someone told me, but maybe since the Dodgers do have more prospects, they do ask for more from the Dodgers, especially because they're already a good team. That could be it. They know they have a deeper system to work with, so and the uh, price is higher. Asking which price. is kind of stupid, but like, why would you, let's say the Dodgers want to give you $90 and the Phillies are giving you 80 why would you say no to the Dodgers because they have $1,000 when the Phillies have 500 I just... yeah. It, I don't know. That could be part of it. That could not be. But another deal we probably could have got done, but we didn't. But it's fine. Because baseball's back, Ty. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Damn right. How do you feel? I feel great. You know, I love me some baseball. I need it. I don't know why I love baseball. My team's never competitive. Oh, yeah, I know. But I love baseball, Jay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to spring training in a month. I'm excited, but I still don't feel like baseball's back. People, you know, like, oh, baseball's back. Pitchers and catchers report. Did you see the videos I sent you on Twitter the other day? Which ones? The one of Kershaw? No. I sent you two videos. One was Kershaw in the bullpen, and he lifted his leg, and as oh. soon as he did, it cut to him letting up a home run against the Astros. It was beautiful. I saw that video before you sent it to me and then saw it like when you sent it, and I was like, <laughs> I already know what this is. I'm not watching it. <laughs> There's one other one. It was Puig's last hit or something. It was him hitting into a double play to lose against the Cubs. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> see that. There was the one good Kershaw one where it was the uh, – the Cardinals home run when the big lefty hit it off. Oh, of? dude, that was well, my, who my, has that? that was my wallpaper. Matt Adams hit the home Matt run Adams. Off of him and he I was gonna threw say bat up and had his hands in the air. I was gonna say John Adams. <laughs> I think he's an American <laughs> Patriot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he might have been a president, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, he's patriotic. I guess spring training. I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's still not all the way here yet. I mean, everyone they're practicing. You know, yeah. baseball players don't get that much time off. I was thinking about it. Like the Dodgers, they were done playing. You know, end of October. So they get all of November, all of December, all of January, and then a little bit of February. Like three months. Well, I mean, anyone with a forty-hour job would love to have a three-month yeah. off and get paid like millions of dollars. And stuff. It seems like a short amount of time. Well, yeah, especially for how long their season is—one hundred sixty-two game season. And everything. Yeah. Well, think about football. Football's done. I mean, if you make the the Super Bowl, it's done the first weekend of February. Training camp starts August, July. That's all of February, March, all of February, March, April, May, June. It's already two more months. July, August. You know, they get six, six months yeah. if they're the Super Bowl champions or they make the Super Bowl. So, yeah. The baseball postseason's a lot shorter, too, because football's spread out over weeks where baseball's, you know, like a two-week, three-week yeah. playoffs. But, yeah, and then heading into spring training with the two biggest free agents still not being signed. The same story that we had last year with Jake Arrieta and all the other big-name free agents. Harper Machado still not on a team. That, that just blows my mind with how young they are and how much value they could add to a team. And they're still on the table. Going into spring training, you know, you think you have your team coming. You could still have a star player on your team. Yeah. 
It's insane. Yeah, I don't get it either, but... Well, I kind of get it, but... I don't know. I didn't think it would take this long. I don't know where Machado's going. Harper's been a troll on social media. Harper, the Giants have emerged. Yeah, the Giants have emerged, but... They're then, like the betting favorites last I saw. I believe they were, yeah. But then, like, I think it was last week he posted a video, and it was, like, him and his card, and he's like, oh, back in Washington, uh... Great city here, like hyping up Washington. So it's like, oh, he's going to re-sign with the Nationals. I I said it on one of our podcasts, probably like episode one or two. I think he's going back to Washington. I still think so. I would. I mean, I would too. But The longer he doesn't sign with another team, the more I think the Nationals 10-year, $300 million offer is like, oh, you're the only team willing to give me 10 years. Machado, I don't know, probably the White Sox. I heard the Yankees gave him a deal finally. Did they, I, heard they, I thought the Yankees were out on him, finally. Reportedly. Oh, I just punched my mic. <laughs> uh, reportedly, they offered him something. That's yeah. what I saw. I mean, it's just reports and rumors. Yeah. but still, dude. Um, Two young star players still not. Like, Arietta, he's older. I kind of understood that last season. These guys are young, Jay. 26? 27? But, I mean, I kind of get it. I don't know. I usually side pro player. In these debates, like when it comes to money, like and all that, but I mean, I see the players complaining about like the free agency, how it's broken, how these teams aren't paying them a lot of money. At the end of the day, it's the team's discretion to not pay. You know what I mean? I don't think they're colluding. Like, oh, well, I don't know. The MLB is kind of shaky. Maybe the MLB is like, oh, we don't want to pay these massive contracts, so we don't want to pay other guys. But I mean, to an MLB team, they can get for what Harper makes in a year, they can get four decent guys, five decent guys. You know, like. Yeah. So I, I kind of don't understand the players like kind of bitching that they're not getting like $30 million a year. Like it's the team's right to not give that to you. Like if it, it's just, it's weird how it works. You know, they have yeah. all the power whether, you know, over how much you make. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, basketball team, I don't know. It just, there's probably going to be a player strike when the new, when the con, this current CBA is up. I, I saw some stuff about that. I think 2022. Yeah. Which, I mean, baseball players already get a lot of money. Yeah, they do. But, I mean, going back to what we were just talking about, they get a lot of money, but out of all the major sports and everything, the shortest time off in the longest season. Yeah, but I don't know. There's also It's also a 25-man roster. Yeah. And it's not like football where the, there's an obvious most important position, which yeah. is the quarterback. You know, in baseball, your most important player could be a center fielder like Mike Trout or a starting pitcher like Clayton Kershaw. Mm. Even though and now it's different it's compared to like basketball, you only have five starters on the court. Yeah, so you have like a twelve-man roster. roster. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. Owners have the right to not want to pay, and if every single owner doesn't want to pay them that much, you know, maybe they're just not worth that much. Maybe they are colluding, but I don't know. That's kind of a battle they're just going to lose. Yeah. Regardless, because teams just get torched by these big contracts, and yeah, they're younger, and I'd probably pay them too. But I could see why people would be scared. Oh, definitely. And I wonder how much behind closed doors is on. Machado and Harper, you know, they want these like 10 year deals with like an opt out after year five. That way they can reenter free agency. What if, you know, the Dodgers offered Harper six years, 200 million, that's over $300 million a year. And you're just like, nah, you know, like I want 10 years a year, but huh? So it's over 300 million a year, over 30 million a year. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, you know, maybe part of it's, they don't want these short term contracts. Yeah. Uh, Which doesn't make sense because if they want a player option, I mean, I guess you get that security just in case something happens. But in case you do start to decline, you still have the back end of the contract to pay you. But you're you're the one asking for the contract. At some point, you know, like a beggar can't be a chooser. Yeah, you're telling the team like, I want the security of ten years, and the team's like, we're the ones paying you. We get to make that decision. And 
is it fair? I mean, maybe not, but I'd like to go to, you know, my boss and be like, I want security. I want this much money. And if not, I'm going, Oh, that's, I guess that's how strikes actually happen in the real world. (laughs) (laughs) That just blows my mind this late in the spring or this close to spring training. That's how Arietta was last year. Like I said, Arietta's older. Yeah, but he was still coming off like one of the most dominant year, not coming off, but two years prior, one of the most dominant years ever. Yeah. When did he sign? <clears throat> Let's see. Jake Arrieta signs with Phillies. Philly signs a young winner, Jake Arrieta, on March 12th. Damn, dude. It is February 13th at the time of recording this, so we can go a whole other month. And pitchers and catchers report before yeah. fielders and players do, so he's that far behind. He waited that long. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Harper doesn't really need spring training. Machado doesn't really need spring training. They should be working out already. Yeah, I'm sure they have, you know, with how I don't know about Machado. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope he doesn't. He's not listening to this. What am I saying? Um, but, yeah, about Harper and Machado, that leaves into Trivia Time with Tyler, our only recurring segment that's mm. on every week. We got a shorter Trivia Time with Tyler. We got a long interview. You know, it was like around 40 minutes, so our actual talking is not going to be too, too long. But, yeah, Trivia Time is pretty shorter. So we're going on. Going on the precedent of these big contracts, Ty. Fire away. I looked on Spot Rack. It's a nice little, you know, nice, um, I can't think right now, website that tells you like all the contracts and everything people signed. They only went back to 2012, so we're only going back to 2012 for this. I wanted to go back to at least 2010. Okay. Looked back at the biggest contracts of every offseason, counting, well, not counting this offseason, obviously, counting last offseason, offseason, all the way to 2012. And out of all those, so we have 17, 16, 15, 14, no, 18, because last year was 18, technically. 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13. So we have seven free agent years. Out of those seven, only two of those top contracts. I know what you're talking about. Only two of those <laughs> top contracts. <laughs> Only only two of those top contracts have won a playoff series. So not just a playoff game. It's not only just the fucking player I got to guess here. Yeah, I mean, it helps because you'll know, like, what team... You know what teams are successful. But two of those players have won a playoff series since 2012. The biggest contract of the offseason. Same rules as always. You get three Xs. Just, you know... Who do you think, you know, these don't have to be your answers, but just run through the big, who's the biggest contract last year? Do you remember? I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, but. So it's free agent signings. We're not talking like extensions. Or yeah. Anything, free right? agent. Oh boy. Yeah. It's kind of rough. Honestly, I was looking at it and I was like, I would know some of these, but. Cause I pay attention to when, like who teams sign for and everything. I don't really fucking know how much they, you know, it's like I hear the number once. I'm like, wow, he's making a lot of money. And then that's all yep. I care. Can you think of any players that got yeah. massive paydays recently? I'm thinking maybe. Think of good teams too that Lester? have won playoff series. On the Cubs. Is that an answer? That's a guess. No, John Lester did not have the biggest contract his off season. I know that was a big pickup for the Cubs. And they've won a playoff series. Yeah, but that's Theo Epstein. He wasn't gonna. He got paid 155 mil, hmm. and he signed that. The 2015 offseason, so before the 2015 season. Okay. I don't remember who had the biggest contract that year. I'm going to look while you get what you think. I'm thinking another pitcher here, actually okay. a World Series champion. Okay. 
Clayton Kershaw? David Price? Um, I can't tell you who got the biggest contract. So John Lester didn't get the biggest contract. He got the second biggest contract. Oh uh, yeah, David Price. Mm. David Price was the biggest contract in 2016. Alrighty, Ty. So you have two more X's, and you only have one more answer you have to get to get the two out of two. Alright. Um I'm gonna need some help here. Okay. Position player or it's pitcher? A pitcher? Okay, that really fucks up my city. He was traded, never mind. Who? Gene Carla Stan. Yeah. Well he yeah, he he was an extension. Yeah, he was an extension and then he so. was traded. Hmm. <laughs> pitcher. Oh fuck. I'm trying to think playoff teams here, pitchers, pitchers, pitchers. Playoff teams that have won playoff series. It's not going to be any of the Dodgers because all your guys are fucking homegrown, basically. Fuck, maybe you, Darvish. We didn't sign you, Darvish. Okay, thank you. But you're on the right path. What? You're on the right path. That's all I'm going to say. Verlander was traded. Yeah. You're now steering off the path. <laughs> so it was on the fucking Dodgers? Yeah. Who the fuck did you guys sign? One pretty big name. Didn't play with us that long because he had an opt-out halfway through his contract. So we ended up not paying all of that contract. I think they signed it knowing he was going to opt-out. And then we didn't re-sign him. Grinky? Mm-hmm. Zach Grinky. I thought he was traded or something. No, yeah, we signed him in 2013 after he played half a yeah, season on you guys. Before, I thought it was before thir- uh, like 2012 or whatever, too. Yeah, and he played three years with us. From LAA to LAD, six years, $147 million. Second, um... Time out. Yes. $147 million? Yeah. How much did John Lester get paid? I think 155 for six. I think it was. Wouldn't that be a bigger contract? A different year. Oh, the biggest of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, so who was Lester? Was that the same year as... Um, no. Scherzer. And Scherzer hasn't won a playoff series. They might have won a wild card game, but I'm not counting that. Whatever. But yeah, Zach Greinke. You know who the second largest signing of that offseason was, Ty? Who? Wait, what year? 2013. Of Fools. Josh Hamilton. Fuck. Oh, it was even before fucking. Five years, 125. So you actually paid him mm. 0.5 million per year. You guys could have just had Greinke for that same price. Mm. Probably would have made the playoffs with the way Greinke pitched those like three years. 29-year-old Zach Greinke you guys passed on for 32-year-old Josh Hamilton. That worked out very well. Yeah, and that's why you guys suck. Cokehead. Fuck Trevor. (laughs) I mean, your team's so bad, I think you need a new team tie. I think I do. Speaking of new teams, we got the AAF. I don't know why I was quiet. I just mouthed nice to Jason because that was such a beautiful segue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got the AAF, America's new football league, one of like the 24 that are going to join. You got the XFL, and then you have another one too. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah. yeah. This one's the Alliance of American Football. Uh, First week was this week. They played two games, I believe. I thought they played more than that. I thought they only had two for like opening week. I don't know. It shows how much I'm following the AAF. That's all right. Either way. Um... And as sports fans here, me and Jason are going to have to choose a team and stick to them and be diehard fans for as much as we're going to be fans of AAF. I wanted to do this with the XFL too, and I was going to pick whoever Johnny Manziel was on. And unfortunately, Johnny Manziel's obviously not in this league, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks. But yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know a single player 
who's in the AAF. I Ty, there was uh, four games. Those are four? Yeah, there's eight teams. So it's four games per weekend. I th- for some reason, I thought they only played two to start. Though. They played two on Saturday and then two on oh, Sunday. Oh, so I was thinking Saturday. Okay, fair enough. Tyler. Oh, never mind. I was going to say the finals are in Vegas. We should see how much the finals like prices no. are and if our teams are in a go. <laughs> I'm so down. Probably only like 15 bucks. It's not going to be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jason, okay, as a kind person, who are you going to become a diehard fan of? See, I didn't get a chance to like look at any of these rosters, you know. Being a Dodger fan, the obvious first guess would be the San Diego Fleet. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have a connection to San Diego and their jerseys aren't that cool. Mm-hmm. I just want to look at like, I just want to find a cool quarterback that I know. And that's who I want to be my team. Tyler, if you have a team, I'll let you pick. Cause I'm looking, I'm looking at stats right now. So I could, did not come prepared. I have a team that I want, but our buddy Miko has already claimed them. I wanted them too. Yeah. No, he wants the Atlanta legends and we're not little bitches. So we're not going to root for the same team. So it's competitive. I wanted them because of Young Hoku, or Young Way Koo, whatever. Is that the Charger kicker? The old Charger kicker, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I just think the thing looks bitching, bro. It's like it's like the, the lettering and the crown on top. I'm yeah. I'm rock a shirt or something. Yeah, they actually are pretty dope, I can't lie. But I'm not going to choose them. And so, as my football team is out of California for the NFL... I'm going to stay in California for this one. And I'm going to choose the San Diego Fleet. Oh, you're going local with the San Diego Fleet. Really? Yeah, they're going to do me good. I know they're already 0-1. Uh, they kind of <laughs> got their asses beat week one. But uh, I'm a San Diego Fleet kind of guy, Jay. San Diego Fleet. I, I'm i looking at the Birmingham Iron, and I kind of like the Birmingham Iron. They got Trent Richardson. Second choice. Trent Richardson, you know. Do you know who Trent Richardson is? Nope. He was a... Um, Heisman winner and he was supposed to be really really good and then he just like didn't do good at all oh my god talk to me Jay I think I know who I want I'm gonna be a fan of the Memphis Express okay only because my favorite AFL play AFL player is on their team and who would that be his name on the official roster Alton quotes Pig Howard. I'm I'm a fan of Pig Howard, bro. He's a wide receiver, leading the team in receptions with four. Wide receiver. (laughs) I was definitely expecting a fucking offensive line. Alton Pig Howard, Ty. I don't even know what this guy looks like. I don't know what his football career is. Are you sure he's like a starter? Oh my god. Is his name actual Pig Howard? No, there's no fucking way his parents named him Pig Howard. I think it's he played in the NFL for a little bit. He didn't. He didn't like uh, his it's in, name's. It's in quotations. That's got to be his nickname. But then, if you look at like some like on two four seven sports dot com, his name's Pig Howard. I don't understand how this works. Is his name Pig Howard? If you want to be on the podcast, please come on and let us know. Is your name Pig or is your name Alton? Is it like one of those things where you go by your middle name? And your middle name happens to be Pig. There's no way it's his fucking name. Pig what's Howard. Who's Babe Ruth's real name? Who? Babe Babe Ruth. Oh, I don't know. Why Why are you bringing up Babe Ruth? Because what if Babe wasn't his real name? Jorman Her- Herman Ruth Jr. Oh, yeah. I knew his was... name was... Yeah, I knew it was, wasn't Babe. I just... I didn't know his real name, but I knew it wasn't Babe. Exactly. So, But everyone knows him and all of his shits through Babe Ruth. So clearly, Pig's name is not Pig. He is just known as Pig. 
Pig Howard, you are my favorite AFL player. We will be sure to follow you on or AFL, AAF, right? AAF. I don't even know. Alliance of American Football. I'm pretty sure I said AFL earlier. Uh, (laughs) You're my new favorite player. You got 23,000 Twitter followers. You know, we're going to follow you. You know, if you happen to hear this, you know, you want to come on the pod, you know. Jason, I got bad news. Get us some comp tickets. Yo. Your team is also 0 1. Got your ass beat 26 0. Oh, they're the team that got shut out. Couldn't even put up a point. It's because my team lost 15 to 6. They didn't get the ball to Pig Howard enough, bro. He only had four receptions. He's not good, bro. He can't even get a fucking score for his team. Nah, the quarterback wasn't fucking thrown to him, bro. For life. Nah. Other NFL news that just happened today, actually. Not part of our our outline. Joe Flacco traded to the Denver Broncos. I didn't see that. I mean, I don't know why they did that. He's just another Case Keenum. (laughs) I. I don't even know where to go with the fucking Broncos. Ever since Peyton Manning left, they've been so fucked at quarterback. They just go for mediocre quarterbacks that can get them to like seven wins. Yeah, like they just haven't had anyone to actually lead their fucking team. And even Peyton, the last year of Peyton, he sucked. You yeah, know, but he's mean? the only like notable like leader role. He wasn't yeah. elite or anything that year, but. Well, they made some bad draft picks and they made, you know. Really I just want to. Fucking... I saw a tweet. Where, like, Case Keenum and Joe Flacco are literally, like, identical players. <laughs> I believe it. Was I, it the I, I last four years? I think Flacco deserves another shot. I mean, it's good having Lamar Jackson come in in Baltimore and be, you know, that young guy to take over. But I don't think Flacco's career should be over yet. Yeah, but he's still not that great. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, he's not. he's not amazing, but... He's a decent quarterback. He's I put him in no the, better than Case Keenum. Okay, Case Keenum was a monster last year, though. Not last year, the year before. That's what I meant. Year he had one good year, season. and then yeah. how did he work on the Broncos? Well, you know what, Jay? Maybe this is Joe Flacco's one good year, even though he's been a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I'm trying to – the yardage obviously isn't going to be the same, but I'm pretty sure like the last four years, they're like super, super similar, dude. I'm trying to figure it out right now. This is hard. Okay, last four years, Joe Flacco, 63.9% completion. Case Keenum, 63.5. Not as good. Uh, 64 TDs for Flacco. He played more games, though. Uh, 53 for Keenum. Mm, Not as good. Um, Yards per attempt, 6.9. Yards per attempt for Flacco, 6.3. Close. Uh, Their rating, Case Keenum, 86.1. Flacco, 82.7 close they're pretty similar dude interceptions they they really, it's not gonna be a difference the fucking the broncos are gonna suck again this year flacco has to say it. flacco has more interceptions but that's because he has more uh like Temps. time go so flacco has 46 interceptions keenum only has uh 34 but they have interception percentage which i'm assuming is like how many interceptions based on how many mm-hmm. attempts you have case keenum 2.2 percent joe flacco 2.3 percent their touchdown <laughs> percentage Joe Flacco, 3.2%. Case Keenum, 3.5%. Now, I'm just going to assume Joe Flacco is older than Case Keenum, I want to say. Absolutely, Ty. Why the fuck did the Broncos do this? Joe Flacco's 34 and Case Keenum is so 30. Be, yeah, so. Why I, did the Broncos I do mean, this? I mean, there's the going to be competition. Older. Yeah, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Maybe just so there's competition. Maybe they're like, oh, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Maybe people will actually watch our games. Bro, he got beat out for a rookie. They made a playoff run 
by a rookie who obviously wasn't ready to be there once the playoffs rolled oh, yeah. around. And he still sat on the bench that entire game. Yeah. <laughs> they had that little faith in him that they sat on the bench when Lamar Jackson was like, oh, for fucking whatever. I know oh, he's terrible. I think he had like three yards going into the third quarter or something like that, three passing yards. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. And then there was the other big signing, which I also don't get. There's also the Antonio Brown news. Did you see that today? Oh, he posted the video he about tweeted saying like, goodbye, Steeler Nation yeah. or whatever. We'll see if the, if I think he's going to be a Niner. I, that's so. I'm going to fucking die of laughter if the Steelers don't do anything with him and he posts that video. He's still a Steeler <laughs> when the season comes around. It's going to be uh, the second overall pick for Antonio Brown. That's the trade to make. Antonio Brown, I mean, the draft this year is kind of weak. And Antonio Brown's going to have a much... And they're ready to contend now with Jimmy G and how good they did last year. Like, screw it. Yeah. Last thing you need is a rookie that's going to be good in two, three years. Well, they have, they have Kittle at tight end, don't they? Yeah. So they had Kittle and Brown with a young fucking quarterback. Yeah. They have what a they good did. running back when they're healthy. But um, the other one, Kareem Hunt signing with mm. the Cleveland Browns. How uh, about that, Jay? Couldn't disagree with it more. If the Los Angeles Chargers signed Kareem Hunt, I'd probably borderline not support them. I um, gotta agree with that. I don't know. There's apologists for Kareem Hunt, but... I don't care how severe it is. If you do it, you do it. Same with Ray Rice. If the Chargers would have signed Ray Rice, I wouldn't have supported them. Yeah, I mean, his his incidents or for like what happened all happened in Cleveland. Did it? All of this stuff happened in Cleveland. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and now he's signing and staying in Cleveland where clearly he doesn't think straight. And not only that, dude, the Browns have been so fucking bad. Well, they were good. I love... Hear me out. Okay. Guys, I got some stuff to say, too. The Browns have been so fucking bad. Yes. They finally have traded, got... Was Jarvis Landry? Yes. They have a young young running back in Nick Chubb. They got Nick Chubb. They got a real young quarterback who's looking fucking elite. They traded the one, Carlos Hyde, so Nick Chubb could run the ball more. Nick Chubb was great. Everyone's finally getting on the Browns. And then they go and do the dumbest shit possible to make as little people like them. Yeah, I don't get it. It just I doesn't was, make sense. I was legitimately turning into, like, a Browns fan. Like, they were my second team. That's what I'm saying. I was, like, rooting for them the whole, like, down the stretch. I wanted Baker to make a fucking playoff run. Like, when they won, I would cheer. Like, I, I don't cheer for other teams unless it, like, affects the Chargers, <laughs> like, playoffs or something. Yeah. I was, like, cheering. It's not like they were finally getting good, and, like, they were the underdog story. Like, everyone's, like, they've been fucking terrible, and now Baker shows up, and, like, they're doing good. Yeah. And now everyone hates him again. Yeah, it's... So, so ridiculous. Stupid. I don't... He doesn't deserve another chance. Because it wasn't one incident. I believe it was three incidents Yeah, I'm... where this happened. The NFL doesn't the, care, I, dude. He's it's an sad. elite player, which is the only reason he's doing this, because he's young and elite. And it should be a privilege to play in the NFL, dude. You're getting paid yeah. millions of dollars. Like, his second chance, like, oh, we're going to give him a second chance, is a million-dollar contract. Yeah. He's not going to get all of that. Yeah. But, but still, someone giving someone a second chance and also giving them a million dollars? Like, come on now, dude. And it's not like the Browns have a good track record of uh, keeping players straight. Josh Gordon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. The NFL, the league where you can beat women and not, you know, get a second chance. But if you smoke spot, you smoke pot, you get a year suspension. If you need her in the national anthem, you're, bu- you're blacklisted. It's insane. Dude. Oh, my God, dude. Maybe if you would have need her. I'm not going to joke about the situation, but <laughs> it's, it's bad. Slope there. Yeah, it's. It's ridiculous. It's really, yeah. it's I mean, bad. I understand he's great and all. Like, you can't deny his talent, but let so, him play in the AAF. No shit. Dude, if the Memphis Express, is that my team's name? Express, yeah. If the Memphis Express signed Kareem Hunt, I would burn all of my Memphis Express stuff. Would you buy some to burn it? I might buy a t-shirt. That's, I want a shirt. Ty, I might buy his t-shirts. We get shirts, yeah. If we win in Morongo this weekend, I'm going to buy some Absolutely. shirts. Absolutely. Wish us luck, everybody. We're going to go gamble. I don't even know. I'm broke, too, so hopefully I can pay rent. Memphis <laughs> Express shirts. 
Can you even buy any shirts? They don't even have any shirts. No, sh- I think it was on their website. I think I saw a store. Let's see here. Oh, what the heck? You could buy my dick sporting goods? Shop. We're good, Joe. Oh, yeah, you could buy I my you, dick bro. sporting goods. I got you, bro. Oh, okay. Oh, official alliance team shop. I see it now. Look at jerseys. How nice are the jerseys? Oh, my God. Those jerseys look like youth football league. Do they really? They're so bad. I might get a... Ooh, I might get like a nice long sleeve shirt, like that red one that says Memphis Express 2019. Hundred dollars for the shitty starter jersey? I I tried clicking jerseys and it's not. Oh, Look there we this. go. Oh, I'm here. You got it? Those are bad. Oh yeah, it's like the mesh. It's yeah, the mesh. It's like yeah, the shitty mesh, like the fucking old school basketball jerseys, but with sleeves. Yeah, that's bad. I'm, I will be buying a t-shirt. I will not be buying a jersey. I kind of want that long sleeve. But yeah. I mean, that's pretty much everything going on in the big sports world. Yeah. Um, how about we do the interview? Yeah. So the interview here. It was real fun. We had a good time. Um, I hope you guys like it. I need to find out a noise to put in between like us talking in the interview where it's like a, you can tell that it's transitioning. I'm excited to rehear the story. You ready, Ty? Whatever you are. Alrighty, today we have our second ever guest, Nathan Diedrich. Nathan, you're following up a professional baseball player, Ross Stripling. Uh, you a little nervous to follow up a pro baseball player? Well, not really, but, but okay, maybe I am a little bit. But, <laughs> you know, he, uh, Ross, Ross has had a very good major league career, and, and uh, I'm nowhere near on his level yet, but, but we're getting there. So. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, didn't go to Sultana with us, Nathan is a minor league umpire big shot and he's also a pool shark you know one i know he won some tournaments when we were younger i don't know to what extent that's what the podcast is for <laughs> nathan i'm gonna let you pick do you want to start with umpiring or pool questions let's start with pool because that's what happened first pool pool okay. all right uh ty you start us off with yeah, our questions so for everyone who doesn't know uh kind of go through you know what happened and how good you are at pool and why i'm jealous <laughs> Well, you should be jealous because I'm better than you. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I started playing pool when I was 13. Um, I wanted a way to, to stay a little bit more uh, involved with, with my dad. And uh, we went to a pool hall. We'd started out probably once or twice a week, and then uh, it kind of progressed from there. When, um, he ended up getting a table at his, at his house. And he swears he'd hear uh, pool balls being shot around at two, three o'clock in the morning. I don't know who that was by, but, <laughs> but um, so from there it progressed and then um, started going to the pool hall a lot more. And once I could drive, I'd start going to the pool hall by myself and practicing. And, and um, so that, that's kind of how it started. When I was 14, I competed in my first national tournament. Wow. Um, in the 14 and under division, I took fourth my first year. Then it's <laughs> crazy. Then when I was um, 15 to about 17, I was kind of mediocre in the 15 and over division, or the 18 and under division, as it's called. And uh, the last year I was in it, I was, I was 17, and, and I was lucky enough to, uh, I got fortunate enough to take second in that tournament. And that qualified me to go to the uh, 2016 World Junior Nine Ball Championships in Shanghai, uh, China, where I took fifth. And, wow. And in my last match, I lost 11-10. So oh damn! I was, uh, I was, I was, and I still remember the shot where I, I made a 
I made the winning ball and scratch, so I, I lost the game. Had I had I made that ball and not scratched, I would have been in the top four in the world. So. Do they pay you at that level when you're younger? No, no. When when you're competing in junior tournaments, they want to keep it more about fun. And yeah. Pets. But the, they do give us prizes. They they did give us uh, cues and, and backpacks and uh, yeah. sponsorships and scholarships and a bunch of stuff, which is really cool because I was able to. Um, uh, for winning the Iowa State uh, Junior Nine Ball Championship, they gave me uh, like a year's worth of community college. Oh wow! That's pretty cool. Nice. So, yeah, so I outed uh, uh, the Vic, uh, Victor Valley College. I took a semester for free there because of yeah, there you go. That tournament. So, you know, it, it afforded me some really good things. So. Yeah, that's bitching. Yeah. I love nine ball because someone else can make all the other balls, and then I can just make the ninth ball. That's how I beat my dad when I was younger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever made the eight ball on the break? Because I have against my grandpa Dave. First time I ever beat him. Yes, I have. What was that like? I honestly don't remember it. I just know that I've done it. I'll let you know when I did it. I ran around the table and I screamed. You know my grandpa Dave. Yeah. Grandpa Dave is huge, competitive. I never beat I him was in pool. That night when you did it, yep. you just lost your shit. It was great. Only time I ever beat him. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. How good are you at iPhone pool? iPhone pool. Well. Because you know the strategy clearly. Yeah, I, I've only, I'm gonna be honest, I've only played it a couple of times. And it was, it wasn't, one time it wasn't even my phone. Someone handed it to me to play. <laughs> They're using you to win. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm I, I'd like to think I'm good. Um, I've, now, mini clip. The, the oh online, yeah, yeah. yeah mm. the online version. My grandma loved mini clip. Oh, oh, I, I have that on my phone. That, that I play. That I play. <laughs> Do you just run people or well, run the table? You know, it's odd. You can't play. You can't play like online pool and virtual pool the same way you play real pool. Yeah. Because the 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 physical side of it just isn't there. Yeah. But eventually, you learn, you know, how the video game plays, and then you you adapt to that. So. You know, it, it, it's fun. I, I love playing, you know, like online. It's so much easier. Than, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, than actually lining up and things like that. With that, is it like, do you have to like work on it? Like you would, you know, baseball player goes and takes hacks and swing or can you just pick up pool cue and run the table? You mean an online pool or? Regular? No, real pool. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no you, a lot of practice. I, when I, uh, when I was getting ready to go to the world junior championship, I, I was practicing 12 hours a day. That's insane. Wow. For, and I, for 12 hours a day for probably four or five months. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, like, if you want to be good at pool, it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of, a lot of practice to get there. You know, a lot of people don't, don't think, well, how, you know, I'm often asked, how long do you play? Well, when I'm competing, usually I'll start three or four months before a tournament and I'll usually go eight to 12 hours. Dude, that's insane. That's a lot of pool. I'm tired after like three games. <laughs> What's the craziest pool shot you've hit in a tournament? In a tournament? Oh, you guys are gonna love this. So I was at a national tournament and I, this, I wanna say this is the one I took second in. And it was my first round match. And okay. there's a shot you can play where you can hop the cue ball into the rail Okay. It'll hop off the rail and go over all the balls and hit the ball that you need to hit. It's a really pretty looking shot. Just wow. Into the rail, it comes back. Hit like the corner of the rail yeah, and then. Yeah. Oh, you, wow. You kind of you kind of um, bring up the end of the queue and you kind of make a jump shot. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little bit. So when it hits the nose of the rail, it hops over the balls and then it hits the ball you need to hit. A very cool looking shot. I'm visualizing it now. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so. It's great when it works. In this particular time story, it didn't work. 
I, I had jumped it a little bit too much, and instead of hitting the nose of the rail and coming back, it hit the nose of the rail and went forward. Oh, I've, yeah. So I went off the table. The tables were so close together, it landed on the other table next to me. Oh, no. Where there was a match going on. And this cue ball landed on the table like an atomic bomb, and it, every ball on the table moved. Except for like one or two. Did you make one on the other table? I actually scratched. Oh damn! Wow. <laughs> yeah. What are they? How do they rule that? So what? What had happened was I, I was really good friends with the head referee, and I didn't even bother going to any of the the referees in the arena. Yeah. So we're just gonna go to the big dog right now, and so I said, Rick, I got a good one for you, <laughs> and, and he goes, What? What did you do? <laughs> I said, You know that shot? He goes, Yeah. I said it landed on their table, and it. <laughs> and he i could just see in his face he was like oh no so he came out and, and we're kind of huddled around the table their table and he asked which balls moved and every single one <laughs> all three of us said pretty much everything and I said, no, no, no. I said, this ball didn't move. And I picked it up and I showed it to him. Because <laughs> I, I had already, I knew what he was going to do. You have to replay the rack in that situation where oh, you okay. put the balls back to where they were. You just, it's just a scratch and, you know, a, a Start review. Start the game over. Yeah. Start the game over. Which I felt really bad because the guy had ball in hand and was ready to run out. He was, oh, wow. <laughs> and not only that, he didn't break that game. So when oh. you the rack, the original breaker breaks. So now got, he gets his chance to, right, to run he, it. Yeah, he gets he gets to do it again. And, and so this guy had ball went from getting ball in hand and ready to run out to now sitting back in his chair watching the other guy break. So <laughs> That's insane. He was not happy. With <laughs> That's insane. Do people when you go to like pool halls or I remember in prom we had a pool table. Like people who don't know that you're insane at pool, do they ever like come up to you like, dude, like teach me? <laughs> not necessarily teach me when i get people that that aren't in the pool world i like to show off a lot because you know they're, oh yeah they're, they're trick, <laughs> there are tricks that are not very hard to do but they look cool like that rail shot and, and some you know jump shots and massive put some shots. english on it yeah you know th those shots are cool but but you know every every once in a while when i when i meet someone and, and you know maybe an umpire or something like i'll try and teach them the fundamentals and, yeah and they actually see how hard it is and it gives them a new appreciation for for what I did, you know, going through going through high school. Yeah. Not to brag, I can jump a ball though. So. Legally or illegally? Honestly, I don't know what the difference is, so, but the ball comes off the table. Definitely scuffing the table. Oh, probably. Okay, then it's entirely illegal. Entirely. If someone calls that in a bar, they're gonna get punched. So it's fine. <laughs> My dad put new felt on our table. And I wasn't allowed to jump anymore. One time when I was younger, I tried jumping and you know how my pool table's in the garage and it jumped off onto the concrete and literally rolled down the driveway, like almost into the street. Yeah. And I was like, ran after it and I was like, Oh God, I'm gonna get in so much trouble. Oh, I can envision you just running down the driveway. <laughs> you got it, Ty. I asked three questions. All right. You got number three. Scenario for you here. Yes. If me and Jason were to play you in pool. Yes. Eight ball, not nine ball. Okay, eight ball. And we both had one turn each for your one turn. Tag team. So Tyler gets to go, I get to go, and so, then it's your and turn. we're on the same team. Okay, so... Against you. Right, that's called shooting in between, so I'd shoot between you t in between you two. That's what that's called. We're, we're modifying the rules. Okay. We want to shoot. He shoots, I shoot, right, right. then you no, shoot. No, 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 oh, right, okay. Right. That, that, that's what that is. Okay. Oh, okay. So you make a ball, you make a ball, you make a ball, you make a ball. That, that's how it works. Yes. Who's here, Tyler? I don't know. Hold on. We'll cut this. <laughs> <laughs> Is this fucking random? You gotta put random on your camera. Hi, hi. How's it going? 
Yeah, the floor is yours. Oh, you're shooting in between. I'm just gonna start over. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I got a question for you. Little scenario. Me and Jason are on a team together. We get one turn each, so I shoot, he shoots, and then you shoot. Okay. We're playing eight ball. Yeah. Do you think we have a chance of beating you? One out of ten times. One out just of ten. Just one out of ten, one yes. One out of ten, yes. Oh, okay. I'll mm. give you one out of ten. I don't think you've ever seen me play. Three out of ten? No. One out of ten, yes. I'll give you Oh, we can't bat 300. Because I, I can... can bat, we can bat 300. <laughs> I can mess up once out of every ten games. That, that, that's... Especially now, that that's entirely possible. Well, you're underestimating. You might mess up once every ten games. We'll mess up ten times yeah. every one game. Okay, well, if that happens, then you have no chance. <laughs> I'm notorious for getting to the eight ball and then scratching. That's like my <laughs> how I usually lose. Would we be able to... And win. Back when you were 17 and you were fourth in the world, would we be able to do that? Probably not. Especially if it was like, like a seven-foot table, a smaller table, what I call an easy table. No. I wonder how big my table is. Do you know how big my I table is? I honestly didn't know there was a difference. I knew there was like the little kid one with like the fake pool. <laughs> I thought there was just a regular pool. I table. could have sworn I had one of those. I was going to bring it if I did and like challenge Nathan. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Uh, what if I you play left-handed? Are you left-handed? No, I'm right-handed. Tyler, your dog is whining. Go ahead, Nathan. I, I play pool right-handed. Um, left-handed, I honestly don't know. Because I, Interesting. I've, I've tried playing left-handed and... I'm probably about, see, there's 7 billion people on, on the planet. I'm probably about 6,999,000 in left-handed pool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You're probably still better left-handed. What about every shot you take has to be behind the back shot? Y'all, you wouldn't have a chance. Wow. How about? You know, and behind the back's one of those things that's cool looking, but it's not very hard to do. Do, do they do that like in tournaments oh, and yeah. stuff? You'll actually do it? If, if you can't reach a shot and you don't want to use the bridge, you can shoot legally, you know, look, uh, shoot behind the back. Is the rule really that you have to keep one foot on the ground? Yeah. Okay, so my grandpa wasn't lying. Uh, well, well, okay, I take that back. Most tournaments and leagues and pool halls, that's the rule. There are certain pool halls in, in the world. There's one, I, I believe, in, in Illinois where that's not the rule. Where you can, they call it giddy up pool, especially Ooh. They call it giddy up. Giddy up. So okay. You, and the, the idea is you giddy up on the table and shoot. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I'd be doing it for no reason. It. I'd have an easy shot and I'd be like standing on it and just <laughs> down. Just do it. Trying to golf it. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, the bridge? How is the bridge viewed in the pool community? Because every time I use it, it's called the pussy stick. Yeah. 100%. No, I'll tell you, the, the bridge is actually more of a challenge than anything because you don't have feel. You don't have... You don't have, you, know, you can't see the distance between the cue stick and the cue ball because obviously the stick's in the way as you're looking down the looking down the uh, the cue. Um, no, the the pool community it, they just kind of see it as a as a necessary evil. Um, some people mm -hmm. have gotten around it. They put screw on extensions. Oh wow. Back of their cue. Um, but yeah, no, it's just a normal normal daily part of life in the pool world. Wow. Yeah, I get judged every single time I use it. <laughs> Probably by Tyler. I definitely do. When you're the short one, that probably needs it the most. I do need it the most. I would expect there to, like, if people are watching, like, in baseball where they'll, like, heckle the players, I feel like you would get heckled if you used the bridge. Have you ever, in your competitions, is there, like, actual fans watching, like, in the youth ones? Especially, like, in, like, nationals, was that, was there a decent crowd or not yeah, national, uh, it, world? You, usually it's just um, the parents. Yeah. Now, at the world tournament, because it was in Shanghai, uh, it was in a middle school. 
So interesting. Well, in, <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's amazing when it comes to when it comes to pool over there. They teach it in school. Oh wow, and, um, that's crazy. So when we got there, all these little middle schoolers were so excited to see us as we're pulling up. It was a it was a boarding school. Okay. So, as we were pulling in on the bus, you could see all these little, like in the rooms, they were all at the windows. Oh, you're like celebrities. Oh yeah, yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) They were like five stories high and you could see all, everyone had a bunch of faces in front of a window and then they had lunch and- uh, Wow. And they all just swarmed us, you know. That's crazy. Yeah, it was awesome, it was awesome. I I, (laughs) I remember taking a selfie, um, I was in the practice room, they have a big window out to like the track and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember taking a selfie with one of the students through the glass. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was awesome. I imagine it being like a wrestling meet where there's just like a bunch of tables on the ground floor and then there's like seats around it. Is that how it yeah, is? That's pretty oh. much how it is. In, in Shanghai, I want to say they had close to probably 15 or 20 tables and then they had okay. an arena that you had to walk through to get there. And uh, yeah, no, it was it was big league. It was big league. Wow, big league. I got a pretty uh, sad pool story. I want to see if I can make you cry. Okay. All right. So growing up, uh, my dad had a stick that I was never allowed to use. Yeah. And the story behind the stick is it was his fa- his grandpa, like his favorite grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was playing pool and he still, he went to stand up. He was like sitting down. He went to stand up. He used his pool stick and he broke it because when he went to stand up, he had a heart attack and he ended up dying and it was cracked. And my dad never let me use it cause it was cracked. Oh, I think he's crying. Uh, he's not crying. Uh, and for, I don't think it was his last birthday, but the birthday before that, my grandpa, Dave, the one that never lets me win, got it fully restored and everything. So my dad could actually use it. And my dad cried. I think he cried. I hope he cried. I didn't see it, but I know that stick and I did not know that story. Yeah. That's why we were never allowed to use it. I remember one time Damien was like using it and my dad was like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Was that a sad pool story for you? That was a very sad pool story. You could tell all your pool buddies. Oh yeah. I'm going to tell that one. Yes. Do <laughs> you got any more pool questions for him, Ty? I don't have any more pool questions. I got more umpiring stuff. You want to switch it over? Yeah, we're baseball guys. Let's go to umpiring. <laughs> Ty, what do you what do you got to ask Nathan? I've been waiting for this. We're going to start it off easy. Okay. We're, we're, not, going, <laughs> we're, not, going, we're not going straight to uh, what I want to talk about. What's the highest level you've umpired at so far? And kind of how was the process of working up to that? So far, I've worked in the short season Appalachian League, which was... Um, in West Virginia, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Um, from uh, Before that, I was in the Arizona Rookie League, which is the lowest rung of, of professional baseball of the two rookie leagues, the Gulf Coast and the Arizona. Yeah. And then before that, I actually worked in a college wood bat league that I was assigned to by Empire Development. Oh, wow. Yeah, which that, that was fun. Um, you know, you got to you got to travel around the Carolinas and and it was really your first step into what professional baseball is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before that, I went to um, umpire school. Umpire school's a lot of fun. It's a month-long thing where um, professional baseball or minor league baseball puts on a puts on a school every year. There's two schools. I went to the one by, by minor league baseball, and uh, you go out for a month and you learn how to umpire. You learn how to umpire the way that minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and what conforms with their manual and, and you go through their manual you go through their two umpire system manual you go through their um, um, their uh, actual umpire manual yeah. that goes through all of their um, mechanics and, mm-hmm. and just general, procedures and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. regulations and things like that um, as far as you know contacting the GM and things like that so, yeah. so it's a month long thing you go from um, in the morning, you go to the, the classroom, you study the rules, you study the manual, the two-umpire system, 
Uh, usually do that for about four hours, then you'll go to lunch, and then from lunch you'll go to the field from about two to six, and then, and then you're done for the day after the field, and, and that's where you apply everything from the classroom. And then you're done for the day, and you do it again the next day. Wow. You do that for a month. Is there like uh, I'm not saying that umpires can miss calls, but is there like an eye test that you have to do, or do they like test you as far as yeah, like in a balls and like an accuracy to make sure like kind of that you know if they're having someone umpire their professional games, they can actually call strike zone type thing. Sure. Um, so when you're at umpire school, they use they use technology when you're in the cages to to see. Uh, usually, when you went to the cages, you had or the the pitching cages where they set up a machine and you're, you're tracking pitches from a machine. Uh, you'll have an instructor with you and they'll be watching how you track pitches in, your stance, um, your timing, all that good stuff. Um, th- and then throughout the season in professional baseball, you have evaluators and, and supervisors come out and see you. And, and, and that's one of their things is, is was the strike zone mm-hmm. uh, well-sized? Was it accurate? And, and, and were, you know, were you consistent yeah. to, to enforcing the, the, the strike zone that you're supposed to enforce? So absolutely, we have regulations in place and, and procedures in place to, to measure accuracy. Okay. So, I, I mean, it's good. I like that there's a human element to it to where one umpire may have a slightly different. Oh, yeah. Zone you kind of learn a strike zone. And yeah. And, everything. Sure, sure, sure. and so, you know, I was wondering, like, do they use it, you know, force you guys to follow a guideline or is it like a evaluation thing like you were saying? So that's good. I like that. Is the minor league rule book. How different is it from the major league rule book? I know minors has like the extra inning runner on second rule and stuff like that. How different really is it? Really, it's not that different. They don't even print two different rule books. They print one uh, for, for both um, uh, major and minor league baseball. They call it the official baseball rules. Um, so it's not different in the aspect that we have two different sets of rules. But what, what we do have happen is um, our umpire manual supplements the official baseball rules. So oh, okay. we may have something in the in the umpire, the minor league umpire manual that has already been decided on at the winter meetings that yeah. goes against the the uh, major league rule. So, for instance, we have in minor league baseball the optional suspended game rule. Um, the don't know what that is. Huh? I said I don't know what that is. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> the optional suspended game rule applies to um, suspended games. So, in major league baseball, you get a suspended game. It's either going to be a no game a suspended game or completed game to where the game's over. Yeah. Um, in minor league baseball, you never restart a game. So you may go to the, well, generally speaking, you never restart a game. If you get to the fourth inning of a game, and let's say it rains and, and you can't finish the game, the next time you bring up that game and it's suspended, you pick up from that exact same, that exact same point in the game. Yeah. Because in minor league baseball, they have, they have 100 and, or they have 16 leagues or so yeah. mm-hmm. and if every game that was rained out had to be restarted they'd never get any of the games yeah so they use the optional suspended game rule uh, all all the leagues use it except for the texas league i believe huh okay. that's why it's optional. if it goes more than five innings it you can just call it final right you can except in a am i wrong you can't most of the time if it's weather related usually yes okay um if it's an issue with say the lights go out that's what we call a mechanical failure. So whenever there's a mechanical failure, um, the game is always suspended. Okay. So let's say you get to the eighth inning and the lights go out. Let's say the, the city has a curfew. Yeah, yeah. And so they shut the stadium lights off. You're in the top of the eighth inning. When they go to make that game up, it's going to start in the eighth inning, and the game that's that's going to follow for the doubleheader will be a nine-inning game. Okay. If, you, if it happens yeah, before yeah. it becomes a complete, a complete game, then the next game is a seven-inning game. 
Oh. Huh. Interesting. So I have the uh, Major League Rulebook up. If I gave you a rule, could you tell me what it's about? Like the number of the rule? The number of the rule, probably not. But if you gave me the name, the, the bold print, the title of the rule, I could probably tell you. Well, this one was pretty self-explanatory. So it's rule 4.06, no fraternization. Okay. So, <laughs> so that particular rule not only applies to the players and the umpires, but that rule applies to basically everybody on the field. They can't talk. They're, they're not supposed to be talking to people in the stands. Even bad boys? Because I was a bad boy last year, for those of you that don't know. <laughs> and I talked to a lot of fans. Well, <laughs> people involved in the game, no offense, but okay. Okay. Basically, basically, it's saying that you know we as umpires or or opposing teams usually now we let usually let a lot go, but yeah. According to the rule, they're not supposed to be fraternizing with each other and, and, or with the fans, especially they don't want people going into the stands. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's basically what what what, what uh, frat, no fraternization was about. Yeah, I've seen videos of like outfielders warming up with like a fan or something. Like yeah. Started, so that's technically against the rules, but it's one of those things they kind of just let it slide. I'm not gonna be the umpire that's gonna stop it. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna stop, especially in the big leagues. You know mm-hmm. that. You know. We're always taught, use the rules to solve a problem, not to create one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that so, and that's a situation yeah. where we're not going to do that. Okay. I'll never, I'll never forget one of the Quakes games. I, I, uh, I did, something happened. The umpire did something, and like it was like a sold out like Friday night. I mean, it's still only like 5,000 people, but I don't even remember what he did. But like he ejected someone and it was kind of like a rightful ejection, but it was a quakes ejection and the crowd just ripped into him like the most (laughs) hostile territory I've ever been in. Like and there's not that many people so you can hear everything they're saying and like I would just run him his balls and like he would just be like he thanks and you could tell he was just so pissed but he, he did a really good job of like staying composed and not doing anything i was just like dude when people yell at me for not giving me giving him a baseball i freaking feel guilty and want to cry i can only imagine how he feels it was yeah um kind of going off of that what's your coolest objection story? well have you thrown someone out yet oh absolutely what's your coolest story so i see i had five ejections this last season and i had Six ejections the year before, um, through throughout my two up. seasons. Not necessarily. <laughs> up, it's bound to happen throughout the year. Yeah, stuff happens. You know, you're going through. For instance, at the short season level, you're doing 70 games. Mm-hmm. You're doing 70 games in usually about 75 days, and you know, guys, teams go on stretches where where you know a team's not producing the way that they should. Yeah. The way their manager feels, and you're bound to get ejections, and especially with me being so young and. And you know, um, not exactly the biggest in stature. So you know, a lot of times it's it's the you know, part of part of that is field presence, and and so a lot of times I've, I yeah. question more than others. So I've definitely noticed that too, just yeah. with the quakes. The bigger umpires, you know, don't really get hammered as hard as like some of the yeah. smaller, younger ones. Yeah. yeah. So my coolest, well, my coolest ejection story. Let's see. Um, <laughs> probably going to be the one you always remember is your first one because that's the one you remember. Bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily bucket list. But, you know, it's one you remember. That's on my bucket list. Yeah, I was, it was. <laughs> I was in the Arizona League, and I was the base umpire, and <laughs> there was a Bach issue, and um, the third the manager was in the third base coaching box, and the opposing team had picked off their runner to end an inning, and so I'm in short right field. 
and because I, I didn't even see him running at me and he was a he kind of had a, a an accent he I believe he was Puerto Rican and, and uh, he comes at me and man he he, he bought three times there he bought three times <laughs> and I go Hector I, I, I had him gain in distance and direction I don't, I don't think he balked it's a it's a legit move no, 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 no. He made a move towards the plate, and then he went the first. It's a fuck. So left-handed, I'm assuming. Yeah, left yeah, yeah. Yeah, left-handed move. And so I'm kind of standing there and, and kind of listening to what he has to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe he has a potential legitimate argument that he's coming out to argue. And so he uh, he kept going and kept going, and finally, you know, I warned him. I said, you know, Hector, that's enough. we we got to get the game going. And he, I believe he said something along the lines of, you need to get the call right or you, you need to get it right. And he wasn't leaving, and so he was ejected for continuing to argue without, with, uh, with a warning. Wow. And uh, after, a, you know, I gave the ejection mechanic and everything, and in rookie ball, they don't have fans. You know, you might get a couple of college kids here, mm. which I just so happened to have, you know, like six or seven <laughs> college kids <laughs> off the first baseline. I got to see all this, but uh, I remember him yelling at me. I remember, I remember, I remember a lot, and I remember that I had to back up from him because he was so close. <laughs> I've never had that happen before. Yeah. Where, where a guy was so close that I had to, like, back away. Mm-hmm. But that, that was one of them. What's it like with a manager after you eject him, like, the next game you umpire for them? Is it, like, awkward? No. Usually in professional baseball, I mean, I guess you can have grudges. I've, I've heard of that. Um, but usually it's pretty professional. You know, when you walk on the field, it's a new day. And, and usually you're at a different position. Um, yeah, yeah. In a different position. They rotate, yeah. yeah they rotate, yeah. Um, but no, usually in professional bit, for the most part, they're pretty they're pretty good about about today's a new slate. Sometimes you get apologies. Sometimes you know say hey, how you doing? Or sometimes you know they want to avoid confrontation. They send out their pitching coach or their yeah. manager, you know their hitting coach to come out and give you the lineup cards. Um, so you but no in professional baseball it's usually pretty uh, pretty professional and, and and you know they don't they don't harp on too many things. That yeah, what how effective is like an argument because. You know, you see these managers go out and argue all the time, and now they have – you can review plays, right. so there's no more, like, arguing. You can just review it. Yeah. But, like, these managers will still argue sometimes. Like, does that ever yeah. change – does that actually change anything, or is that them just letting off steam? Um, sometimes it's them letting off steam. Um, like I said, going back to before, they can have teams that aren't producing. They just want to come let off some steam. Mm. I've had a manager uh, this season, a matter of fact, my, the first series I worked this season. I had a manager come out on a play at first base. He was running at me. He goes, oh, you know, I just have to come out here. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and, and then he went right back to the dugout and he was fine. So uh, <laughs> for the most part, they in, in the minor leagues, I feel like for the most part, they actually have an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, it's all different. Situation management is a big part of baseball. That's where you make an, your name. Yeah. Um, but when a manager comes out at you, you know, sometimes they're, they have a legitimate point. Sometimes you just want to let off some steam. But um you know, it's just coming down to listening to what they have to say and deciphering, you know, okay, are they here just because they need, they want to be here or do they have a legitimate argument? Mm. And if they if they do have a legitimate argument, then you need to listen to what they have to say and then respond accordingly. So it, it can it can have a uh, an impact on what we're doing Yeah. Uh, as, as far as that particular play is concerned because then maybe they bring something up that we didn't see. 
Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Now it's becoming maybe a crew consultation issue. Yeah. Um, so no, I, arguments have a big impact on how we on how we. Uh, Interesting. I thought, yeah, like obviously minor leagues doesn't have replay. Right. But I figured like with the adaption of replay, it was kind of like pointless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it didn't do anything, but sure. that makes sense. I know when I was trained, cause I umpired in Little League for anyone who doesn't know when I was trained, <laughs> I was told to never change a call if it was like, unless it was like a rule thing. Yeah. That, that's the, uh, that's, the, that, that's your, your nine year old umpiring yes. history. I think I was 12 dick. No, you were 12, but the people you were umpiring oh, yeah, were nine. <laughs> that's the live with your call, die with your call mentality. A lot, a lot of umpires use it. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to ask you this, but I think Tyler has the answer. So my question was, what is the worst blown call of your umpiring career? And Tyler already has the answer for you. I'd like to hear your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna go, okay, ahead. Okay, we'll go ahead and explain the story. So me and Jason played on a little league team in high school as like a fuck around type. A team. fall, yeah, like yeah, a it was, fall it was off whatever. season. It didn't matter. And uh, Mr. Nathan over here was umpiring for that little league at the time. A single umpire, by the way, on the field. Same the age. We had the, the exact yeah. same age, but I was the only umpire on the field. And. uh we had a runner on first. I was up to bat. You know, probably was going to drive him in. You know oh, me. Oh, boy. You do, but, you do remember this story. I don't remember at all. <laughs> so I was at, I was in the box, and uh, our runner on first took off, tried to steal second. Yeah, I agree. Was that runner me or no? No. It might have been. I don't no, remember. No, it wasn't you. No, I hit behind you because I drove you in. I had the power. Well, not in this particular at-bat. <laughs> you didn't. You Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the runner takes off. I'm in the box. Pitcher throws inside. Not. It probably wasn't going to hit me, if we're being honest. I'm trying. I'm a team player. I turn my shoulder. I go in for the ball a little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much. I didn't dive over the plate. I turn in. <laughs> little Chase Utley turn? Yeah, I, I try to wear it. It misses me. The catcher goes to make the throw down a second, and I'm still turned in. I don't move. I hold my ground in my box. <laughs> <laughs> and he hits me and makes a bad throw. And I believe Nathan called the runner at second out or either me out and I sent called, the runner back. I called you out and sent the runner back because I had properly enforced the interference rule. Now that you know the real rules, though, can you admit you were wrong? The real rules? Yeah, now that he's well, been trained professionally okay, and he actually yes. knows the rules, right, unlike I, he did I, at I, that time. I, I, actually, <laughs> I was not trained professionally. I am trained professionally now, and the ruling is still the same. And it, and it is still correct. Was Tyler leaning out over the plate? I don't so, remember. Okay. Now, not talking shit this time. Genuinely, in that situation, if I just turn and don't lean over the plate and stay in the box, is that fine? But it's because I, if I slightly dive out and get in the catcher's way? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so if you had stayed in the box and had done nothing, you would have been okay. Um, but... Well, generally you'd be okay. Like you just plunk Tyler in the back of the head. Like Tyler's just standing there and then... Right. Or, or, or let's say, let, even better, let's say the throw goes behind Tyler. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. catcher throws behind and then throws over. And let's say he hits him with the throw or his bat or something like that. Yeah. Because he didn't do anything at all. He just, he stood his ground in the box. I, I, I don't like saying that, but but because he did nothing and he just stood there, you can't be guilty of... Inter- Usually you can't be guilty of interference. Now, the act of leaning into the pitch has nothing to do with interference, but the fact that he kept going... And then the throw. Exactly. So that that would be the judgment call part of it, as that, far as if I right. leaned too far over, if I was really just trying to wear the pitch. Exactly. So, so interesting. So it was just a bad judgment call, is what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was great. <laughs> I don't even remember this. Oh, I sure do. 
I remember it because the next day at yeah, school, we brought it up and he brought me the rule and everything and told me the rules. And I was like, nah, you're still wrong. <laughs> Ty, do you remember? I mean, this isn't for Nathan. I feel bad. Do you remember me and you umpired that pony game and the um came out and yelled at us? I don't even remember what the call was for. I remember you called some dude at home out for something like, I think he it trucked the catcher familiar. or something. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, umpiring's okay. hard. Yeah, I umpired like three times, just the bases, and I was so nervous every time to call someone out or safe. I had one call where it was like bang, bang, and I think I called him safe because I was like, Tigers there's not a lot of base hits in nine-year-old baseball. Let's give him a base hit. I remember like one of the parents was just like, oh, my God. And I was just like, okay, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, it's, 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 very, uh, so, it's a real shit position to be in because if you do your job right, no one cares. But if you do your job wrong, you're the worst fucker in the world. Oh, yeah. So plenty oh, of respect for like you the to do this. You can do your job right and still be the most hated man in America. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I mean. Now, on that play at first, did you flip a coin or did you? <laughs> no, I just, it was a mental process where I was like, that was close. I'm going to give it to the kid. He needs a base hit. <laughs> I mean, I think I remember that one because you took like five seconds. To <laughs> you can see the hamster going in your head like shit. Was he safe or out? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, bro. Umpiring's hard. Do you think as much baseball as I know, I like to think I know a lot of baseball. Do you think if I did the proper training, I could be an umpire? I think anybody that goes through a professional training course has the potential to be to be a professional. Interesting. I kind of want to umpire now. Screw all this journalism. I don't want to umpire. I still don't. <laughs> I don't know if with the 12-year-old parents yelling at me, I can only imagine what it's like when people are actually making money and winning these games and stuff coming at you. Oh, like it's that. a different world when, 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 boy, when money gets involved. Oh, yeah. Because that's their job now. And yeah. coming at you, that's insane. If they feel like you're getting in the way of their job. <laughs> Do you want to tell the uh, TBS playoff story? I remember we were, I think, juniors in high school, and you told me the story. You met, like, the umpire at the oh, NLDS, yeah. and you got, like, a TBS yeah. hat or something. Yeah. So when I, uh, when I was 13, I wrote a letter to the commissioner of baseball. Was it Manfred at the time? No. Or was it Seelig? And I basically, in this letter, I had a favorite umpire in Major League Baseball, was, uh, Dale Scott. And he just re recently retired because of concussions. But Oh, no. Um, I wrote a letter and saying, you know, I'd really like to, to meet this person, to meet, meet this umpire. I, you know, I, I, I watch him a lot. I oftentimes mimic the way he does things. And, and um, so a couple months went by after I sent the letter off and I didn't get a response back. And, and I sent the letter thinking, if I get a response, great. If I don't, yeah, not expecting yeah, it. You're not expecting anything back. And um, I sent that, and I want to say in about September, and in it was Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. He left uh, Dale Scott left a voicemail on my phone, and we've been really close friends since. So that's awesome. That's insane. That was cool. Yeah, and then he invited you down to the umpire room, right? To yeah, yeah, I went to the umpire locker room in Anaheim. I went to the umpire locker room at Dodger Stadium. And, Wow. For a little bit and took me on the field to photos. And How's their umpire locker room like? Because at the Quakes, it was literally just like a small room in a bathroom. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, when they, big league locker rooms are big league. Um, they're, you know, guys get, I, I remember even getting in like uh, when I was in the Arizona League, we a lot of times we played in the big league stadium. And the big league locker rooms are like immaculate. Yeah. You're amazing. You, know, you can actually fit your gear bag in the locker. Uh, I know we talked about the rule book earlier. I wanted to shoot you. I know MLB's had a couple of like pace of play rules mm -hmm. and stuff. I want to kind of get your opinions on okay. those. So, what do you think about the uh, three batter rule they're trying to introduce for uh, for relief pitchers enters enters a game? He has to face a minimum of three batters rather than one. I think it's starters too, technically. Well, technically, can't do the Wade Miley yeah. thing. Um, you know, I've actually never heard of that. Um, I. 
I know I would enforce the rule, the, 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 you know, if it were adapted, I'd enforce the rule the way it is. I, I don't know if I'd have an opinion on that, really, um, just because it, when you get into the game, it's a lot of less of your opinion and more of, okay, this is my job now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I could see... I could see two things happening. I could see one where you face the three guys, you go one, two, three. I think that's the hope. Yeah. One, two, three. But if you bring in a reliever, and let's say it's a bases loaded jam with no outs, and he's not doing well the first hitter, now he has to face three guys. Yeah. You know, I, I could see a lot of teams being upset with that. So I'm, I mean, I, as an umpire, if it were to happen, I'd enforce it the way it needed to be enforced. But, but I, I don't, I don't see. I don't see it being popular amongst the teams. Not not that I speak for the teams, but I, I could see a lot of issues with it. Yeah. Tyler and I had a little bit of our own adaption to the rule. Okay. It was three batters or a run or the end of an inning. I think that would be better. That way if he comes in and gets the last two guys, he doesn't have to come back out, start the inning sure. with the next batter. Sure. Or, you know, like you were saying, base is loaded and he comes out, he's doing bad, he lets up a hit, lets up a run. Mm-hmm. You could pull him. Yeah. Kind of make it even for both sides for the teams and the league, trying to speed up the huh. game or whatever. What about universal DH? I'm kind of for it, just to make everything the same. Well, in minor league baseball, we have... Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the funny thing about the DH is a, a person could... A manager could come up to the plate with a lineup card with no DH, and he just doesn't play with the DH. He can choose to do that. Yeah, yeah. So... Like Otani. Well, I don't think they actually did that. Did they do that at all? But they could. Yeah. Right. What? Well, I, again, I really don't have an opinion on the universal DH. I, I think it just goes back to, to, um, you know, the idea of what, which one do you like, the National League version versus the American League version. Again, I really don't have an opinion on. Mm-hmm. A lot of these questions you're gonna find I don't have an opinion on. Well, oh, that's kind of fair because you are yeah. an enforcer, not. You know, not a wait. That's not right. No, yeah, not yeah. I do have one that will affect you, kind of. Okay. Illegal shifts. shifts. So what if you know they got rid of some football? We were talking about this on the last podcast. There's you know illegal formation. They have to be set up before sure. the ball is snapped. Sure. For baseball, they could do that before the pitch is thrown. Right. What do you feel about that? As far as if the shortstop had to be in his spot and he had maybe a ten foot circle, he had to stay within before the pitch is thrown. I just don't know how they enforce that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It would have to be, this is kind of where we choose this position is. Yeah. We have this much area, and it's the umpire's judgment as far as if he's out of formation. Uh, as far as he's out of position. Um, you know, I, I think that would be a very, again, that'd be a, a slippery slope. Um, you know, we have the rule now that all, all the players have to be in fair territory. So mm-hmm. so if I were to say... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, so I you can't shift. Like, yeah, I can't. Foul, you can't thing. shift yeah. out So now... Let's say we enforce that. You know, we have we bring in that ten foot rule. So now the first ba- or the right field or let's see, let's say the first baseman he could in essence shift ten feet into foul territory and then catch a pick for whatever reason he could catch a pick off from from foul territory. Mm-hmm. So you know there'd be a lot more. People think about oh that'd be a good rule change, but you have to change so many other rules yeah. in order to enforce it. So, yeah. They'd have to adapt it. It'd be more. interesting, though. I like the shift. I don't know. I know we've talked about it, but I like the shift. Yeah, I get a lot of ground. I feel like it'd just be a lot more for you guys to pay attention to yeah. as well, making sure that he's not out of you know out yeah. of formation or whatever. Could be. Uh, another blown call from a recent game: the Saints blown call, Tyler's worst call of his cur- mm-hmm. of his life. Heartbreaking. I went into slight depression. Uh, <laughs> sorry. As an umpire, if you made such a massive like 
such a bad call like that on such a massive scale, mm-hmm. how would you react? Like, I don't even know. I, I, can, I, can I explain a story? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I was in Greenville, Tennessee, and there was a play, there was a double play ball, and I was entirely out of position for it. And the play happened at the back end of the double play happened at first base, and I. The second I, I said safe, I go, ah, that's not. <laughs> it may or may not. No. You're well, like, no. you spread oh. your arms and then threw up the out. <laughs> well, I wish I could have done that. But, well, whatever, you know, you can't, you just can't do that. But yeah. But the second, there are calls where we go, no, you, you, you got it wrong. And, and sometimes we just miss it. And well, the manager came out and, and he, um, he basically said, um, you know, I don't know how you could have missed it. I said, well, I'm going to be 100% honest. And again, this comes back to game management. You yeah. have to be honest with the managers. Yeah. And, and I said, I was out of position and, and blah, blah, blah. And he, was, he, he went on on some big rant. <laughs> I like Naturally. And, and uh, so finally he said, well, can you get help on it? And his, this guy's big thing was, if you said, I'm 100% sure and I'm not going to go for help. Oh, you're always right. You're always right. Yeah. And so I... Uh, I said, it was Gookie. We all, we all call him Gookie. You know, Gookie, I'm not telling you I got it right, but I'm telling you I can't go for help. And he looked at me and he kind of turned his head. He goes, you're saying you missed it. I said, I'm telling you, I can't go for help. I'm not telling you I got it right. Yeah. And, and he kind of got the message and he walked away. And, and I, from that moment on, that manager respected me so much more. Yeah. But no, I mean, for, you know, and that's the hardest thing is knowing when you missed a call, you can't dwell on it. You can't mm-hmm. be, you know, hurt about it you, because next pitch you're gonna have another double play ball. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you you, you kind of now when you're in the locker room, it's in, entirely different. You know, you look at the video, you see what you did wrong. Was it a timing? In that case, it was a position issue. Yeah. Which came back to a focus issue uh, for me. But you know, there you have time to get mad and upset. And then, but once you leave the locker room, it's over. It's all done. Is there such a thing as a makeup call? No. Like. Absolutely not. Because what you're, what you're, what you are now doing, is losing the integrity of the game. That's true. And and that that is what we are supposed to do as umpires is keep the integrity. Of the game. Well, what about like three zero counts? I've noticed a lot of umpires will widen the strikes on a little on a three zero count. Maybe the same pitch they called a ball when it was 0-0, they'll call a strike three zero. Is there, you know? Well. <laughs> <laughs> You, you hear the term, it's not automatic. And I'm not going to, by all means, I don't say I expand the strike zone 3 Yeah. Okay. Do I think borderline pitches get called strikes 3-0? Yes. Okay, so like those 50-50 ones where it could go either yeah. way. You, it's almost like instinctually, like you aren't even doing it intentionally, but if it's right there and you know it's 3-0, right. you're more right. inclined because, to call it a what, strike. What happens on a 3-0 pitch? Usually it's, it's a fastball right down the middle, right? Yeah. So when we get used to fastballs right down the middle 3-0, that's usually what happens. Yeah. Not to say, I have, I've had close pitches 3-0 that I call balls. Yeah, yeah. So, But no, do I think 3-0 pitches get called strikes on borderline pitches? I think so. Yeah, uh, that's probably fair. Yeah. Especially in MLB The Show when the computer's trying to beat me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Todd, do you have anything else for him? I don't We're up to like 50 minutes. Did you have anything you wanted to throw in there? I'm good. I'm good. All right, I thought it was good, man. Fun to be here. Yeah, I it was, appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. Any questions that were borderline shouldn't have been asked? 
<laughs> three O count. <laughs> well, no, I was okay with that one. Maybe your little your little uh, uh, red Gatorade and rubbing up baseballs and that that was a little bit borderline. Okay. I didn't mention any names. It's okay. <laughs> All right, thank you, Nathan. Yep, just want to be here. And we're back with Tyler's homemade uh, sound Bro, effects. I'm a, I'm a fucking walking band with this mouth. <laughs> oh, it's not the only thing that mouth <laughs> do. Uh, second shorter half than the first half. We're just going to talk some gaming. We had a gaming segment, you know, for all 10 of our listeners. And then there's a new game that's sweeping the, uh, the oh, gaming world that I have not played. Up. And yep. you could have played. Fortnite level blown up. Apex Legends. Another yep. battle royale game. I know Tyler's played it. Tyler? I've played it. It's it's pretty fun. I'm not. It's very. It feels like a combination of a lot of games. It's kind of well. It's, it's Titanfall. From, it's from it? Titanfall, but like the way it plays and everything. So it's basically you know you can kind of jet pack around almost like with slides and stuff. It's got really good mechanics. Like hmm. if you're going down a hill, you can slide down the hill and like pick up speed and everything. So for oh, okay. on a big map like a battle royale, it's really nice because you can move around really quick. That's smart. Yeah. There's like zip lines and stuff all around the map. To where you can... It's first person, right? It's first person shooter. Um, kind of going away from most of the Battle Royale games. It's three-man squads only right now. So no solos? No solos and no four-man like all the other games. Only threes. Huh. Which is weird. There's not, what, is there threes in Fortnite? No, huh? No, you have to just get a fourth guy or whatever. Or no, you could turn... Can't on Fortnite, you could turn like no fill on and you, you have can, a three-man but then squad. You're going up against four people. Huh. Um, another cool thing So is, how many people are in the game? 99? I actually don't know. I think so, probably. 102 Maybe or 99. Something like that. 81? Yeah. Huh. Either yeah, I way, don't know. Um, also, what's a little different is instead of just a regular person you drop in, they have eight characters, I guess. I don't know what you call them. They have eight like people. Like specialists? Yeah, the specialists, yeah. And they have special abilities and everything, which are all different. They have like health ones, more assault people, like defense Black people. Ops 3 and like Rainbow. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And they have different special abilities. So like if you're on a team... Uh, you probably want one of the health people on your squad to like help revive yeah. and shit. Um, well, like Battlefield, EA makes Battlefield too, and that kind of sounds yeah, yeah it's like, like the scout to and everything. That, where it's like a squad, and you have like the certain roles. Yeah. Um, for that, at the beginning of each game, they randomly put you guys in an order, and so like whoever gets put first gets to choose their character, and then no one else can be them. Oh, okay. And so it switches it up a little bit. Um, off drop, since like a lot of the battle royale games, you drop and you kind of have to try yeah. and communicate. There's a dude who leads it, and you just automatically follow him. So it'll be Drop Master, I think is what it's called. Uh-huh. He hops out the ship, and you automatically follow him. So you all drop together, and then you can veer off if you want. Oh. So if you're playing with randos, you can just follow instead of trying to communicate and ping and shit. Yeah. So that's nice. Well, yeah, that's I heard the pinging the technique pinging system, is like amazing. It's really good. Like you can, depending like if you're looking at a weapon, you hit a button, and it'll ping up this weapon and it'll show everyone on your team where the weapon's at health stuff you can say enemy over here yeah. type thing. and so you don't actually have to talk to people you can just fucking hit a button and it does it for you so that's really good how many times have you played it and on what on your xbox i played it on xbox played maybe 10 times huh it's i haven't fun. seen you on xbox i was on i haven't really been on i played like one counter-strike and a few madden games <laughs> counter-strike was fun on my laptop i could actually see people that's good stuff came over and played counter-strike but yeah, shit on fools. I haven't played Apex because I'm not a big BR guy. What don't you like about him? I'm. It's just too like slow pace. I think for me. I think you might like this then because it's a lot more fast paced, a lot more action going on. I don't know because like even Battlefield when we played Battlefield, I didn't really like playing like Conquest. Like I would only like playing like Team Deathmatch on the short, reduced. I don't know. It's just like long range fighting, and then 
everyone sweats so hard in battle royale games like yes they do like call of duty like i'm decent and there's like sweats that are better than me but like i can you can just hop in a game not really give a shit and still still go positive yeah because i'm pretty decent at call of duty but well the other thing with this game also is if you die so you can get down like in fortnite where you can get revived yeah if you actually die as long as your teammate goes over to your body i think it's like in a minute and a half to pick up a thing called a banner and there's respawn beacons throughout the map so if one of your teammates comes out alive they can go and respawn the other two teammates who died that's pretty cool. Yeah, you don't have any of your loot or anything. Yeah, but you fucking get to come back and keep playing. That might be another thing too. I always die first, and then I just watch everyone for like yeah. twenty minutes, and I'm just like, I could be playing something else right now instead of just watching. Yeah, so that's nice. You still have a chance, even if you fucking you know you don't get revived and you die, he can still bring you back, and you can help him win. That's cool. I mean, I don't know. Is Brad playing it at all? He's played it. He's already got like two hundred kills when we played the other day. Hasn't even been out. Two hundred kills? Yeah. In one game? No, oh no. No, Jason. That was the stupidest thing I've said all day. Yeah, shout out Brandon, though. Wow. I don't think we ever shouted him out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. Ah, oh, I just hit my funny bone, Bro, dude. Get it together. Dude, I'm tired. It's 920. We never recorded this late. So we'll end it after our throwback gaming story. <laughs> I was like, again? We said we were going to do it this week. Yeah, our segment, it's just throwback gaming. We're just not really much going on in gaming. This week was different because Apex, but me and Tyler play video games pretty much our whole lives. Together since middle school at each other's house, but high yeah. school kind of online. And we got some funny stories. Mm. And our I think our most notorious gaming time of our lives was GTA 5 in the summer of 2015. Yeah, because we all had fun. Xbox Ones. And like, man, we played this game religiously. Like We played it nonstop. And it was back before they had all the flying cars and shit. And like, yeah. actually do stuff. To right when Heist or, came out. Yeah. And it was like, we would play like two, three hours a day, every day. We'd be up till fucking like two in the morning playing with fucking Brandon and Miko. And well, it was either that or we'd be playing in the day and then we'd go do something at night. Or we would be playing, we'd do something in the day and then play at night. Like we were hanging out like almost every day and like playing. And I mean, I'm with my girlfriend now because of GTA. How? Because you guys got frozen yogurt. And we were playing GTA when you told me, like, oh, I'm getting off to <laughs> we get were. frozen yogurt. Sense. I was playing a lot of GTA. I remember. I was at the airport, and I was taking a bike, and I was jumping off that, like, ramp. I don't know why. You know what I mean? That oh, big, yeah, big, yeah, big yeah. ramp. GTA, and I was just like, oh, can I go? And you're like, yeah. And then I went, and then, yeah, fell in love. Years later. Years later, our whole relationship can be attributed to GTA. <laughs> but it was funny, because Tyler, even though it's not a shooter, like, he's usually noobs at, he was still a noob at GTA. Okay, Fuck you, first off. <laughs> so we would do the heist and everything, and somehow I managed to always fuck them up. And if you die, every time, if you die in the heist, you have to start back over. Yeah, just one person spot. dies. Yeah. And so we had to go through the whole mission again. Yep. And I will every never time. I'll never forget. Jeff. There's two stories. There's but... two. Funniest one by far. We were doing a heist. You get through the heist. You rob the bank. You try and take off down the street, right? Yeah. You gotta go. There's a little area on the side. You gotta yeah. hop a wall to get to it. Now that wall's pretty fucking tall. Yeah, it was like a shortcut to the cars or something. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. And so you would go up to it, you jump over it, you'd land, roll, go to the cars. Yeah. I couldn't hop over that wall. <laughs> Tyler could not hop over the wall. I couldn't he do could it. He could rob a bank and blow up cop cars, but he could not hop over a wall. It was the simplest thing ever. We had to hop over the wall and go, and I died so many fucking times from that. Or I'd fall and get injured and just slow everybody down. Yeah, because we would all roll, and then Tyler's character would just face plant and either die on the face plant or like get stuck and get shot. And so we're on game chat, and I'm getting fucking cussed at. 
Oh, yeah. Like, they were livid because we did this at least 20 times. Oh, yeah. We spent a good, like, two and a half, three hours just on that heist, probably. And I'm getting yelled at. They're yelling at me. Do oh, you not know how to fucking do it? I'm like, I know how to fucking jump over a wall. It's not that hard. You just got to hit this. Pretty sure we talked about kicking you out and just getting a random. Yeah, you did. And I was like, fuck you guys. And you were like, I'm going to come over to your house and fucking show you how to do it. <laughs> Jason, how does the story end? Uh, we found out that Tyler's character actually didn't have enough like strength or something. Yeah, like it was, it was not Tyler's fault. You guys played the game before I did. Where yeah. this stat was stupid easy. You could max it out in like a week. Yeah. They then adjusted it to where it's like impossible to build it up. Yeah. When I started playing. So you yep. guys had all the stats to do it. Yep. I was doing everything the same. and I was getting fucking yelled at. Yeah. And I remember we Googled how to get your strength up. And one of the suggestions was stand on top of like a van and drive around the map and the just stomp. Like a, it was in the back of a truck. Yeah. So just stomp the, the fucking van the whole time until it like blows up. So we had to spend like an hour of me doing that. Just beating the shit out of cars so I could hop over a wall. And I still don't think you ever hopped over the wall. I think we just made it work. We finally got through that after you face planted and like just made it work. I think we might have. And then the other one is when we had the one heist and we finished the entire thing. Now, this one took a minute, too. Like, this is another hour plus that it took us to do this heist. Finished everything. And all we had to do was, like, land a or parachute out of a helicopter. you take a helicopter to, like, the beach and jump out of it. Yeah. Now, we kept getting that fucking thing blown up on the way over. Yeah. We were fucking it up. We would kill someone with a helicopter or something trying to get into it. Yeah. We finally do the mission. Yeah, after like an hour and a half of hard work. Finally dip out on the jets. All we got to do is just parachute down the safety. It's literally basically just like a hit this button so you can like, hey, you won. Like, it's not supposed yeah. to be challenging. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. I jump out the fucking plane, a helicopter. Yes. And that fucker comes slamming down on me because <laughs> I pull my parachute out too long and I get sliced up by those blades. I'm pretty, no, I thought Brandon hit you. He was still in the helicopter and he like. He had to have dove down. Then yeah. Yeah. And Either you, way, I you ran into the blades. Fucking killed by this helicopter blade. Well, do you remember the time before that Brandon fucked it up? He parachuted and he like smacked into the mountain and That's died. Right. He, fucked yeah. up the parachute. he fucked up the first time. <laughs> and so then we had to do it like another fucking. And we five, told him times. you jump out of the helicopter last so you can give yourself <laughs> enough time to not hit the mountain. And then he stayed in the helicopter, dived it down, and chopped you to bits. Right as I was about to hit I'm, No, I'm pretty sure he had to land the helicopter. I think that's what it was. Like, we jumped down, he had to land it. So he was coming down as I was parachuting. I think so. And you got chopped to bits. And we were so pissed. I was so... Oh, my God, dude. I enjoy playing video games. I'm not good at them. You're decent. And I get bullied by Counter-Strike. You're decent. I am decent. GTA was fun, though. We do the races. All it was was getting money to get better cars to then win the races, even though it didn't really matter. It didn't. But the races were fun. I mean, that's when, like, the stunt races first came out and the everything. The scene is what made GTA. All yeah. cars customizable and shit. Yeah, but GTA, I mean, I can't. So many stories on that game. I don't think any game will ever compare to it. GTA 6? No. Whenever I, it comes it's, out. It's going to flop. It's not. It'll be fun, but GTA's already happened. All that cool shit's already happened. I don't know what they could add into it to that's make it That's what they said after GTA 4. No, there's no way. I think GTA 6 will be at least as good, if not better. But I think GTA 5 hit a sweet spot in our lives where we mm-hmm. could play video games that much. And we were, like, old enough to, like, know what we were doing and everything. And GTA 6 won't be the same because that'll probably come out in another, like, two, three years. We'll be adults and have jobs and probably not do the podcast anymore. Psych, because this is going to be our job. We're going to be making money off this shit. Probably not. But, yeah, that was probably that or Advanced Warfare, which we could talk about in a different time. Was probably my most fun gaming experience. I was relatively kind of decent at. And we would just merc fools, man. But I don't want to get too into details. I mean, Counter-Strike's fun now. And then back when I played it the first time, you didn't play with us the mm-hmm. first time we got into it. Um, FIFA. 
No, I can't. FIFA's my FIFA all-time greatest we game used for to me. We go over to Jason's house, and we have all our friends over, and we had no shit like a WWE wrestling belt. I still have it. It's and now the have, golf belt. We'd have tournaments for the FIFA belt, and the winner and I'd win that like fucking belt home, and we took that so seriously. And I won like every time. You did. You're I way lost better than everyone else. Like Miko took it once, and then Sebastian. Miko took it once, or Miko might have taken it twice, but one of the times Miko took it, Sebastian then beat Miko to become champ. Like, he didn't even beat me, <laughs> but he might have beat me in the tournament to get to Miko, but it was like a big deal if someone other than me won the belt. For sure. I was so good at FIFA, man. Shout out to all the soccer players I've beaten FIFA. Shout out to everyone <laughs> who said I couldn't do it. The FIFAs now suck, but it was like FIFA 14 is when we really got into it, and then 15 was like the big one where we played. I had... Dude, I had over like 40 days on that game, on a sports game. It. You played it way more than any of us did. Dude, my record was like 500 and 200 or something like that. You were insane. I was. And now I play FIFA and I just get murked. I'm decent. I can hold my own online. I'm sure if I play like just any like normal dude, you know, that doesn't play it like online religiously, I'll probably beat him. But I was that online religious guy back in the day. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's probably my all-time favorite game. <laughs> GTA is close, though. I don't know, though. The, the memories of GTA... Memories of FIFA 2, like packing a legend, but GTA, I don't know. Nothing will ever be like it again, which is sad. It is. But it, was, it was good while it lasted. It don't be sad good. it's over. Be happy it happened, Jason. And that's what we should tell our podcast listeners every time we end the episode. Don't be sorry it's over. Be glad it happened, right? Something like that. I don't fucking know. All right. Are we doing an outro or are we just going to cut it? As I stare at Tyler drifting into the distance. Where's the guitar? Is that a guitar? What the fuck else would it be? <laughs> okay, I'm cutting it there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.